0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy everybody and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat and today let's go back and actually review Jimbo Fisher's press conference. It was a big deal that we just never got to because of well, other stuff got in the way, so why don't we go ahead and break that down today. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Go visit RockAuto.com and type in Locked On on the How to Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliable low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com, it's the place to be. As always, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. So anything you can do to make this more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So the only reason why we haven't talked about Jimbo Fisher's press conference and what he said at SEC Media Days and things that were left unsaid is because of the Texas news. When you have a rival join a conference, that's going to take predatory overall number one responsibilities moving forward. That has to. Because of everyone that I know who talks to me about when I say I cover Texas A&M, they always go, well, would you like to cover Texas in a rivalry game? And I always say, yeah, I would. I think it'd be great. But I also cover Texas, and I hear the same thing. We would love to have the rivalry back. So I have inside scoops on both situations to where I'm able to tell you what is going on, what truly is happening, and where are some areas that you know we can actually see at moving forward into the future of the SEC. So I wasn't really able to get to Jimbo Fisher's press conference yet. And that is a problem But unfortunately, it's a good problem to have because as we're waiting for fall camp to get started up, and we'll have great content then, we'll have sound clips, we'll be able to talk about what we're seeing on the field at Kyle Field, we're going to be able to see all that. So, until then, why don't we go back and we review Jimbo Fisher's press conference. Here was his opening statements in Birmingham, Alabama. It had not yet been known to him, from what I've been told, that he knew about the merger of oklahoma Texas and the SEC
1: I mean it seems like uh, we pulled back in I was trying to remember It seemed like the last time I was here and I guess it was 18 I think we come up and and we're back up here but it's great to be with y'all see y'all and no matter how how grumpy I am sometimes when you interview us after a game or after practice every night it's still great to see y'all promise but, uh, you know, everything's exciting again. We're getting, as you know, when these, these meetings start, we know that football's right around the corner. Our meetings, our summer workouts, all the things that are going on, the excitement. And uh, like I said, there's nothing like college football. And to be able to bring the fans back this year, the media back this year, get back to some normality is, uh, is something that I you know, I think you don't realize what you have till it's gone. And I think when that, when that went away and not being able to walk in Kyle Field and feel 105,000 people screaming and yelling for you or even going on the road and have 100,000 people yelling against you, I mean, you really miss that. And as much as we love playing ball, and it's about the players. It is about the fans and the whole experience and nothing like playing in the SEC. Like I say, it just means more. It definitely does. I mean, the, the life, the excitement and football is, is part of life in the South, and uh, we're blessed to be a part of something that uh, is really so special.
0: So again, that was just the start of it. I'm, I'm going to play the rest of it in a little bit. Uh, this is, of course, found on secsports.com, which is where we're using the audio. But I think it's important what Jimbo Fisher was saying is not just a preface of what it means for Texas A and M and for also you know Texas to be in the SEC, but also you're looking at what he said about COVID and how last season a m was lucky because the state of Texas opened up and they were able to have fans, not full capacity, not at the level that most people would want for the Aggies, but they were able to be open enough for fans to be able to come to games and watch them live. And maybe it really helped out. I don't know. I don't know if it did or didn't, or if it was part of the driving force of what made AM so special last year, but they did. They were a special team. No matter how you put it, 9-1-1. Highest finish in the AP poll since 1939. A victory in the Orange Bowl. Credit. I'll give credit to North Carolina. They didn't have three of their top playmakers. But that doesn't matter. They still got a win. And I still think AM would have won that game, even if De'Ami Brown, Javante Williams, and Michael Carter were playing. I still think that they would have won that game. It may have been closer, but I do think they would have won because of and didn't have anybody opt out. They were at full capacity. And then they started to pull away in the fourth quarter To when they got the secure win. But everything that he said is very true. It was a special year. And we got to think about the players. And how this could be a special year. Especially the fact that most of them who are returning are super seniors. So it's like they do get an extra senior year. They do get an extra shot to say goodbye. And they get to go out in the 12th man program kind of on their terms. They kind of get to say what exactly went down, and what they liked about the whole situation. So, with that in mind, that makes a lot of sense of how you start the show. Now, here's what he had to say about the team as a whole going into the season.
1: So, you know, very excited about our football team coming up. I feel like we have a very good team. We're making a lot of progress with the culture of our organization. We're getting to where we need to be and starting to be able to compete for championships and compete at the highest levels, which is why we're there and what we were there for. We have a tremendous university, tremendous facilities, tremendous backing by our administration to allow us to do the things we need to do to be successful and have, you know, arguably the best state in in all the union as far as being able to uh, have football players from the state of Texas. High school football is second to none and uh, very blessed to be there. So we're excited to... uh, see where we're going to go, what we're going to do, and the challenges that lay it forth. Because like I say, you got to keep taking those steps to be who you want to be and how you want to be it and how we handle those situations, how we handle the pressures. And tell our players each and every day, pressure is a privilege. It's a privilege, it means that what you do matters and that you're playing at the highest levels and that you learn to embrace those things and the way you deal with pressures, create day-to-day habits that allow you to deal with that. You don't worry about the outcomes, you you develop a process about how you wanna practice, create the culture of your organization within your team and your environment and then play each and every day and every day is a championship. Each and every play is for a championship, each and every practice is for a championship, each and every individual thing you do in detail, every meeting's for a championship and you create those habits. So we're looking forward to taking those next steps. Excited about our football team, like I say, offensive, we special teams return a lot of guys. We talk about the offense and defense, but also very excited about our special teams. All of our specialists return, our returners return, got a great job of snapping, kicking, punting, returning. We got a great group of guys over there that uh, we think can affect the football game in a lot of ways there. Defensively, with a lot of guys coming back, a lot of experience. And offensively, very excited about, you know, we lost some linemen. We have one comeback, I think, is one of the best ones in the country, if not the best, in Kenyon Green on that side. I uh, Got to replace a great quarterback. but We have some great, outstanding guys with Calzada and Haynes King right there that I think are going to be two outstanding guys that are going to compete for a job that we feel very confident about. The offensive linemen lost a lot of experience, but the guys we have back coming are very talented, very athletic, very talented, and very knowledgeable. I was very pleased with the spring they had. More importantly, the skilled guys on offense. Top three receivers, your All-American tight end, your, uh, I call your Swiss Army Knife, and uh, Nia Smith, who is one of the best football players I've ever been around, Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller, who's a tremendous back along with the chain. So got those guys around, so that's what you want around when you're replacing uh, a new quarterback. So very excited about that. But-
0: the one thing I take away more than anything else in that is pressure is a privilege. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure at Texas A&M this year. There is more pressure this year than there has ever been in the organization. That's just a fact. There is more pressure this season than there has been in at least, I would say, a decade. Probably the only other time that there was more pressure was during the first year in the SEC, so that way you could prove you belong in the SEC. Now, naturally, they did because they were able to beat Alabama in year one, 29 24, but after that, you know, you still want to be able to show that you're there. And maybe that's where the conversation needs to start with the whole Texas and OU thing. Because of until you prove you belong in the SEC, you are not going to get treated like you do. And honestly, when you look back at Texas A&M during 2011, during 2012, as they were starting to merge over, nobody respected them. Nobody. Nobody thought that anything was going to happen to this. It was just going to be, oh, they're coming over. And then once they beat Alabama, they said, okay... Now we believe that you are something. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. I don't know what, but you are something. But to get the attention from the SEC is a big deal. And that's something that Texas and Oklahoma will have to go through. Now again, he also kind of talked about the wide receivers, how they're all three coming back. Aniah Smith coming back. Isaiah Spiller talking about the defense, talking about Kenyon Green. But we'll get into that a little bit more because he actually signaled out some of those players during his press conference. The NBA draft is right around the corner, and with it, you're going to see some of the next names make an impact at the professional level. But before you do, make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust for making your bets on who goes where. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, baseball seasons in full swing, and you can track the action at BetOnline. Don't sound the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the postseason in the MLB and, of course, the NBA draft, finding the next superstars for the franchise. Head on over to betonline.ag via your phone or even on your web device, which could be your computer, your iPad, whatever, and type in "locked on" to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Alright, let's continue this conversation. Jimbo Fisher at the podium, was talking a lot about some positives, some negatives, we're all that down today, and more than likely tomorrow, so just get ready for that. We continue the conversation, the biggest one of all is the college football playoff expansion. Everyone knows this by now, Jimbo Fisher wanted to be in the college football playoff last year, and Texas A&M had the record, deservingly so, to be there. Now again, everyone also knows that there has been a proposed deal to expand the college football playoff from four teams to 12 teams, where the first four teams will get a bye, and on top of that, every Power 5 conference will be represented, one non-Power 5 will be represented, and after all of that, the next six best teams will go. So again, four will play nobody, five will play 12, six will play 11, seven will play 10 eight will play nine, then you move into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and those winners. Here was his actual comments on what he believes needs to happen for the college football playoff expansion to work.
1: Last year. Well, I'm all for it. I, I think it's it's necessary. I think it's needed. And not just because we finished fifth, but I think, because here's a point I want you to ask. Name me a sport in any college, in collegiate level that except for the top five conferences, which are about 60 teams, well, the other 60 teams have no chance to win the national championship. There's not a sport that in our, in our world that, that, uh, that can't happen. It happens in college football. Those guys have never been in the playoffs from the other conferences, if you're not a Power Five conference. From that standpoint, something, you know, I think it's very important. But also, I think because of the way conferences are and you're only picking four teams, I think certain teams in certain leagues have big advantages. And I will say this, playing in the SEC, the number of great teams that are there, that, you know, can get in a playoff and you see it in pro football all the time where the wild card of the team that finishes second ends up winning the Super Bowl. That can happen very, very easily. And some people don't think it can. I think it can. I think it's going to be great for the distribution of players in recruiting that you know that you don't have to go to certain schools all the time, that you can distribute the players out when they know your team's making the playoffs. And I think the balance of talent, the talent levels will balance out in different areas and different teams and more pl- guys will get great players knowing that we can stay home, we can stay in- and go in the playoff and we can go win a national championship. I think it's very important for it. I think it's needed and, I- and I'm-, I'm all for it
0: 100%. What I appreciate at least about Jimbo Fisher in that sense is he does bring up a good point. Last year, the team that won the Super Bowl was a wild card team. Credit, Tampa Bay did not look like a wild card team. They looked like a team that was on the rise, and they probably would have won the division if not for New Orleans being in their way with Drew Brees. But besides that, they looked like a team that was ready to win the entire season, and they were a wild card team. So in that sense, it makes sense. Think about this for a second. Houston... Baylor, Gonzaga, and I'm blanking on the other team. I I should know it, but I'm blanking on them. Made the Final Four this past year. Houston plays in the AAC. Gonzaga plays in the WAC. Explain that. Explain how Gonzaga, who have proven time and time again, they are a national contender for a basketball title shouldn't be penalized for playing in the whack because they're not in a power five. When you look at baseball, you had Dallas Baptist University go all the way to the Super Regionals and almost win against Virginia to clarify and make sure they were going to be heading to Omaha. Don't get me wrong. This past year, you see it happen. You saw... I think it was all eight teams were Power 5 conferences. But there are times where UC Santa Barbara goes, and Cal State Fullerton goes, and Rice goes, and I know I'm blanking on a few other schools, but you get my point. It's not just football. Like, football, yeah, I get it. Football, Power 5, you want to have a Power 5 school represented. But you've seen in the past, upsets, Chicago Loyola, Sister Jean, beating up on Baylor, beating up on Kansas, beating up on... Uh, you know, Alabama even, you could throw any one of those teams into the conversation and it still stands true. Yes, no matter how you put it, they are making a deep run every single year to the postseason. And why should college football be any different? Now, again, you look at what he also said, how they play in the SEC where it just means more. You look at the level of competition, all those other things that are included. That's also true. And that's a big deal. But what I do think is with the new college football playoff expansion, a bad week against Alabama is not a death sentence for you to miss the college football playoff. A bad week against Georgia does not mean you're out of the conversation if you're Florida. And this goes for a lot of teams. Because there's going to be a year where a Kentucky makes it into the top 10. A Missouri makes makes it into the top 10. A Ole Miss makes it into the top 10. Along with the likes of the Alabamas and the Texas A&Ms and the Floridas and the Georgias and the LSUs of the world. There's going to come a time where that happens. And you don't want to penalize Kentucky going 11-1, and but their one loss coming to Georgia, who wins the SEC championship. There's going to come a time where Ole Miss beats up on everybody, but they lose to Texas A&M. Texas A&M goes to the college football you know, playoffs because they won the SEC. That's the last thing you want. You want as much competition as possible. So with that in mind, Jimbo Fisher is 100% right on how he's presenting that case. One of the biggest things in life that I hate is having to pay for stuff that I don't need to. And you do that a lot when you go to car places because you got to pay an installment fee, a service fee, a shipping fee, and an installation fee. Why not take out half of that time by going to a place that you can trust? And that is rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online family business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have reliably low prices for every customer and everything you need, from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. I was able to get my own taillight fixed myself by just finding the part on Rock Auto. Plus, on top of that, they have a very easy navigation system where all you got to do is just go to the website, find the part, look for the model, the year, the color, the make, all that, and of course, the low, low price. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com, it's the place to be. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey Featuring analysis from the GOAT of the NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrine, and general manager, Brian McDonough. It is the perfect way to get your day started for NBA draft coverage. Our Locked On NBA Draft local experts will make their selections and several trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Odyssey is your audio for home sports, podcast, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Naturally, the next big question that people are going to want to know is what do you do about the quarterback position? Callin Mond is gone. He is in Minnesota, and you got to figure out what is going to happen between Zach Calzada and Haynes King. Everyone that I've spoken to, everyone that you've probably heard has said, it feels like right now, Zach Calzada is the number two, and Haynes King is the number one. And you know what? When looking back at training camp and looking back at spring ball, yeah, it felt that way. It didn't mean that Calzada wasn't good. It meant that Calzada felt right behind King. And King's progression and really mobility makes him stand out. But Jimbo Fisher doesn't see it that way. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you see or what I see. It matters what Jimbo Fisher sees. And this is what he had to say about the quarterback battle between the redshirt sophomore and the redshirt freshman.
1: Just saying that Kellen played, basically started for four years or three, the whole three years I've been there, and his growth and what he's meant to our program and helped change in the culture. And I think hopefully what Kellen how he prepared how he grew and what he did is passed on to those guys. I think that's what great players do They pass it's not just the talent level or the, they expect they pass the expectations and how to prepare and how to be a great player And I think he's educated those guys. I think when you talk about those two guys Zach is a very talented man can throw the football very well, but everybody gets caught in his arms. Zach's a really good athlete. He can run around. I think Zach is an NFL talent. I think Haynes King's an NFL talent. I think Haynes can really throw the football He's tough, he's competitive, he's smart, he can run, just like Zach is. Those guys have great minds, and I'm telling you, I was extremely pleased with both of those guys in spring ball. They have great knowledge of what we're doing. They can get the ball to all parts of the field, deep, short, understand what we're doing, understand protections. They have escapability, they have creativity. But more importantly, they're, they're great decision makers, they're accurate with the ball, but they have an unbelievable competitiveness to them, and they affect the guys around them. I think great quarterbacks have a great effect on guys around them, and they have a presence. And when they get in the huddle, you know that that guy's on our team, we can win. And, and on defense, that's just get the ball back to him, something good's going to happen on offense. Let's just do our job, do what we're supposed to, let him do his job so we can have that ability. And I'm very pleased with both guys, and I uh, think we're in a really, really good situation. I love our room, however, however that situation turns out, but uh, very excited about those guys and their future.
0: One of the biggest things that I always look at is when you don't have a set quarterback, you don't have a quarterback. I hate the term, oh, we have multiple quarterbacks you can play. No, you don't. You don't have a single quarterback that you truly believe in because if you did, they would have the job. Now, naturally, part of it is the anticipation. You want to be able to give every quarterback an opportunity to be successful. But I've said this on the show many times, and I will continue to say it. I've watched Haynes King and Zach Calzada. I went back and I watched their high school film. I went back and I watched part of their college tape from last year. And for Calzada, 2019... I went back and watched the spring game. I went back and watched my practice film that I have of them. They are a good team. With either one. This is one of those few times where I go, you know what? Jimbo Fisher's not lying. They're in a very good spot. And if Haynes King were to transfer tomorrow, he would be a better quarterback than most quarterbacks looking for a a job right now in college football. But if Zach Calzada were to also transfer tomorrow, To another program. I 100% believe. Yeah. He would be fine. He would have two years of eligibility. To go out. And make an immediate impact. Wherever he went. Probably. At that same level. As the likes. Of what we're talking about with this Tate Martell situation. Tate Martell gets an extra two years of eligibility. And during that two years of eligibility. At UNLV. He's been in the league forever. Are we so sure that if you said that Zach Calzada were to go to UNLV, he would not win the job? That's how much I believe King or Calzada could work for Texas A&M, but it's all based off the offensive line. That's it. That's what it all comes down to. Offensive line play, offensive line balance, and more importantly, protection. I'm not here to say that Calzada can't move at the same level as King. That's not it at all. Because if King moves a lot better than Calzada. But if Jimbo Fisher believes he is a good athlete, like a Mac Jones type, you just saw Mac Jones win a national title. You just witnessed a guy who most people consider a lackadaisical bust by all standards. Make it. To the national title game. And was a first round pick. I'm not going to go that far with Haynes King. Or Zach Calzada. That Calzada who would be draft eligible this year. Comes out and immediately makes an impact. Not going to go that. But what I will say is. When you look at Calzada. If he's the exact same type of player. As the likes of Mac Jones. Yeah. Then there you go. You can work with that situation. Speaking of Alabama. Before we go. A lot of people want to know. What did he say about facing Nick Saban? Here's the clip.
1: Don't have any regrets. That's what we're here for, isn't it? And that while we're here, and that why everybody's here, that's what makes this league this league. That's what we expect to do at Texas A&M. And, that's not, I have all, by, and saying all that, I have the utmost. Nick and I are friends. We've known each other a long time, coached together. We're from the same world. I mean, if that makes any sense. I have the utmost respect for what he's done, how he's accomplished. He's the standard, and they're the standard of what you have to play to. And that's so just like we have a standard when I was at Florida State to go take over the ACC and, and, and go win a national championship. That's our standard here, and you have to play at that standard. And they have set that standard. It's what great teams do. And then you've to, you've got other teams that want to match it, want to accept that challenge to go play at that level and play them and, and be able to compete with them and beat them. We have to play them each and every year. So we're looking forward to playing them, but at the same time have the utmost respect and understand me sitting here saying we want to beat them doesn't beat them. We have to develop the skills, the habits, the practice habits to get the right players in the right place, coach the heck out of them, let them play, and be able to play those games and understand how to play those games. And how you do that is that Kent State is Alabama. Colorado is Alabama. New Mexico is Alabama. You play at that standard all the time, so you play big game. That's how we were able to have so much success at Florida State and the rivalry games, the bowl games, the national championship games. Listen, there's a standard you play. Your opponent has nothing to do with how you play. You play to your standard. The standard is the standard of excellence and you have to meet that standard and it doesn't matter who your opponent is. They have set a high standard. We have to play to that standard each and every week. So when we play them, it's like playing another game. You have the respect for them. I have the utmost respect for for Nick and his program and everything he's done. That's what we're here for, why we're here, and what we expect to be able to do. And that's the way we're gonna approach it each and every week. But we can't sit here and say anything gonna do it. Everybody wants to win. Everybody talks about winning. We We gotta, you know, practice, preparation wins games. And being able to not worry about the results. Create no standards each and every day. And and no matter who your opponent is, it's how you play. How you measure yourself. Your sense of accomplishment. Your sense of of how you see yourself and what you want to achieve. And do you have the discipline and the self-discipline as a team, as a disciplined team, and the self-discipline as an individual player and coach to get where you need to go. And that's what it's about.
0: Just remember that when the season comes. Kent State is Alabama. Colorado is Alabama. Arkansas is Alabama. New Mexico is Alabama. Mississippi State is Alabama. The only way to be the best is to beat the best. That is a saying that has been around forever. If you do not feel like you have won the day against Kent State, against Colorado, against Mississippi State, then you have not prepared enough for Alabama. I love that. Because what Jimbo Fisher is saying is, no, I'm not here to say, oh, we're going to be just like Alabama, and we're going to beat Alabama. But he's not backing down, number one. And number two, and this is probably the most important part, if you live up to the standard of Alabama, you can beat Alabama. You look at LSU in 2019, every single game, they lived up to the Alabama standard. You want to be able to beat Alabama, you gotta prepare like Alabama, and that means preparing like every team has just won the national championship, and you're upsetting them. AnM's gonna be favored in a lot of their games this year, but it doesn't matter. If you want to beat Alabama, you gotta be like Alabama. That's good for this edition of Lock On Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. We will be back tomorrow, and we'll be breaking down more of Jimbo Fisher's press conference, talking all things that he said, and of course, the thought process of what he meant by Texas and OU joining the SEC. See you tomorrow, and remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.